It is God's will to heal us. Many people today that are sick could be enjoying health, perfect health, through the blood of Jesus. It is God's plan for all of us to be well. He laid this plan carefully and He purchased healing for us through His precious blood. A great cost for Himself. The same blood cleanseth us from sin, also cleanseth us from sickness. He made it available for everybody that would ask Him for it. Yet there are many people who are praying a whole lot, but still they are sick. Where's the problem? Prayer on the part of a person needing healing is not sufficient for deliverance. Let's look at James chapter 1 verse 6 and 7. It says, Ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So if there is any wavering at all in the petition for healing, there will not be an answer from God. The person who prays for healing and then adds the words, If it be thy will, is only opening a door for the enemy to rob them of the faith necessary to receive healing. The if in the petition denotes doubt. This type of prayer cannot possibly be classified as the prayer of faith, the prayer of not wavering. Not only praying in this way and asking God, if it be thy will, doesn't work. It's time wasted. Unless we are convinced, unless we know that it is God's will, we fail to lay hold of his promise. His promises are clearly stated in his word. God has stated very plainly. It says, Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. If we can't believe, we will not receive anything from the Lord. How can we get the wavering out of the prayer? There's only one way to get the wavering out of the asking. Take the if out of the petition. This must be a conviction that it it is His will to heal you personally. Until there is a full conviction that it is the will of God to heal you, real unwavering faith cannot exist. There will always be a doubt as to whether or not we will be healed or you will be healed. You cannot be assured that God has heard your prayer until you are sure that you have prayed according to His will. Let's look at 1 John 5.14. This is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Anything that we ask according to His will, we know by this scripture, God will hear. How can we ask without wavering when we are not even sure that God is listening? Surely we don't expect God to answer prayers which He has never even heard. No. Until we are sure that God has heard our prayer and that our petition has met His approval, been approved by His Word, that is according to His will, 
we cannot ask in faith nothing wavering. James 1.7 Without this faith, let no man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Matthew 17.20 It's a complete scripture, but the fraction of a verse. It says, if you have faith, he's talking there about the mustard seed. And then at the end it says, nothing shall be impossible to you. Nothing should be impossible. The faith has to be based on the conviction that God will heal you. Until we ask in faith, unwavering we cannot receive. When we ask in faith, heaven itself, God himself, guarantees the answer. God is not a man, he cannot lie. What he has said, he will surely bring to pass. To get rid of the if, it be thy will. One has to establish the foundation that God will heal you by studying the scriptures and find out from the word of God that it is is God's desire, it, it is God's will even more than our will. It's better not to ask for something unless we are convinced that he wants to give it to us. If it is God's will to heal you, then leave the if out of your petition. Come to God with unwavering faith. And that's only possible by meditating in the Word of God, reading the Word of God, finding out what God's will is expressing. Then we can come in perfect confidence, come and receive our healing. Let's look at 1 John 5.14. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that he, he has heard us, whatsoever we asked, we know that we have the petition we desired of him. The petition is ours because it is his will. This is what the word, the written logos of God clearly tells us. Another wonderful scripture, Third John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. This is what God wants. It's quite plain by these verses that it is God's will to heal those that He loves. Since it is His will for us to be in health, it cannot at the same time be His will for us to be sick. It is, say it aloud, it is God's will for me to be healed. Say, it is God's will to heal me. Let's go to Mark 1.40. There's a leper we find here. Must have been somewhat doubtful concerning the will of God about his case. We can see that. For he besought him, saying, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. He's trying to put it on Jesus, but Jesus answers and said, I will be thou clean. God wills to heal the sick. Always, all the time. If he wills to heal one, then he wills to heal everyone. He wills to heal anyone, then he wills to heal you. He wills to heal me. Because we know from Scripture that God is not a respecter of persons. In Romans 2.11 it says, For there is no respect of persons with God. 
Now let's go to James 5.14. And God says, Is any sick among you? To whom is he referring? Anyone that is sick. This is the same word he used when he said that he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The same word, Greek word, any, is any sick. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If salvation is for all who will repent, then healing is for all who will believe and act upon God's promise. Back to James. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to, the, to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Confession and forgiveness are two important things that can hinder our faith. Two important things to consider in, in receiving divine healing. We can exclaim with Psalms 103, Bless the Lord of my soul. I will not forget all his benefits, because he forgives all my iniquities. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. Hallelujah. Benefits for both soul and body. Salvation and healing. Christ forgives all sins. He heals all diseases. Remember not only some of his benefits. I will remember all of his benefits. Healing is the will of God for you. In the beginning God said, let us make man in our image, our image, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. After our likeness, God made, created man in his own image. In the image of God created him, male and female created he them. God's creation was strong, powerful, handsome, clean, pure, and healthy. It was God's will that they remain healthy today it is God's will remain healthy, clear, clean and pure just as he created us from the beginning Satan though being jealous of God's pure and healthy creation came in, infiltrated seduced Adam's faith Adam's sin and evil spirits came in sickness, sin came in and with sin, sickness, man never lost his health until sin came in. When sin came in, sickness came in. They go together. They are both the result of disobedience. In the book of Mark, when Jesus saw the man's faith, he said, Thy sins be forgiven thee. The root problem is the sin problem. But there is a double cure for a double curse. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. A double blessing, a double cure for a double curse. Sin and sickness has been dealt with on the cross. Man has been redeemed from sin. Many Christians today believe that God 
forgives sins and that anybody can be saved and the same God also heals our sicknesses hallelujah on the same cross he took the sin on the same cross that he took the sin he also took the sickness the same blood that redeems us from sin also redeems and heals us from sickness a double cure for a double curse let's look at 1st John 3 8 for this purpose the Son of Man was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil the works of the devil sin without sin the devil has no entry without disobedience there is no sin without sin there is no sickness the works of the devil are sin and sickness the Lord came to destroy not just one but both he came to save and to heal you let's look at Isaiah 53 verse 4 and 5 surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows in Matthew 8 17 himself bear our sicknesses Isaiah 53 he read he bore or carried or bear it says in Matthew same word our griefs and carried our sorrows Matthew he bear our sicknesses and then 1 Peter 2.24 who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree and by whose stripes ye were healed past tense so it's plain that Christ both bear our sin and sickness if he bore them we don't need to bear them if we must bear them remain sick then the sufferings of Jesus were in vain back to Isaiah 53 5 but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed this was written prophetically before Calvary Peter 1st Peter 2:24 looked back at Calvary saying by whose stripes ye were healed that's what happened at the cross except the redemption and the works of the devil will be destroyed every sin will be blotted out every pain sickness disease will vanish Satan cannot legally afflict us with what Jesus has already borne for us tell the devil so believe God for deliverance now sickness and disease are under the law there is a recognized cure and it is the blood of Jesus sickness and disease under the law it was recognized as a curse for disobedience Moses he quotes God Jehovah and says if thou will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight and wilt give ear to his commandments and will keep all his statutes then the Lord says I will permit none of these diseases to be put upon you which or upon thee which are brought upon the Egyptians for I am Jehovah Rapha I am the Lord that heals you I am the Lord your physician and we can see now in Deuteronomy also 28 reading about the curse of the law chapter 28 verses 22, 27 and 28 
and verse 61 also. Every sickness, every plague that was a result of the curse, God said should come upon the people under the law because of disobedience. And let's read here, it says, Consumption, fever, inflammation, extreme burning, these are all under the curse of disobeying, disobeying the law. Extreme burning, botch, emerald, scab, itch, madness, which is insanity, blindness, astonishment of the heart, which we could say a nervous breakdown. No disease should be overlooked. We read here, every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book of law, them will the Lord bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. This is the curse of the law. This is the consequence of disobeying the law. Galatians 3.13 Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. We are redeemed. We are redeemed from the curse of the law. Accept it now. It is the will of Satan, not the will of God, for people to be sick. This is a proven fact. For when Satan is banished from the earth, there will be no more sickness, nor pain, nor tears. God wants us to live a long life, a healthy life, not die prematurely in sickness and disease. According to His divine power, He has given us life. He has given us all things that pertain to life. It is the will of God for us to be partakers of His divine nature. And part of this divine nature is health and strength and holiness. And then it says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Look in Second Peter 1.4 Wherefore are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these promises ye might be partakers of divine nature. Nevertheless, before we can receive any benefit from these precious promises, we must make them our own personalize the word of God. We must claim them, we must confess these words, these promises of God. We must believe them, stand firm upon them, refusing to believe any arguments which Satan might bring against them. For he is an enemy who fights the word of God, fights the will of God for our lives. And we have to take sides against him standing with the word of the Lord. For he is an enemy who gives no ground until it is made very plain to him that he cannot hold on to ground any longer. We have to stand firm. And as we saw, the promise of the word of the Lord that was given maybe 1500 years before Christ. If thou will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight, I will permit none of these diseases to be put upon thee which I have permitted to be put upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord that heals you. Three million Jewish people walked out of Egypt healed after they partook of the Lamb. They were all healed by obeying and acting in faith of the promise that God had given them. There was not one feeble one amongst the tribes, the Bible says. Today, unfortunately, much religious teaching would make God the great I was. 
But the Bible says in Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is saying, Yesterday, today and forever. God is the same today that He was yesterday. Malachi 3.6 declares, I am the Lord and I change not. If God never changes, He is still the great I am. By believing God's promises, God's will can happen in our lives. Just as it happened in the lives of the Jewish people when they marched out of Egypt. We have now a better covenant. They had a covenant of healing with, with Jehovah. We have a better covenant which is established upon better promises. And that's Hebrews 8.6. Three million came out of Egypt. All believed God's promise. Not one feeble. They were all strong and well. Well, they believed that if the promise was for one, then it was for all. If it was for all, it was for one, anyone of them. The reason so many millions remain sick today is because they refuse to believe God's promises, or they don't know God's promises. We can read about Jesus in Matthew 8:16. He cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Let's look in Matthew 8 and 9:35. And Jesus went about all the cities, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Let's turn to Matthew twelve, fifteen. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Acts ten thirty-eight. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. This is what the anointing does. This is what, what the anointing did through the life of Jesus. The Holy Ghost and power was upon him. So what happened? He went about doing good. That's what the Holy Ghost does. He does good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Everyone that believed on Jesus. Everyone that received his ministry. Was healed. Healing was God's will for his people. Before Jesus came to the earth. Under the old covenant. It was his will when Jesus walked the earth. As we have seen how Jesus healed them all. Then today it is also his will. It's God's provision for all his people. Healing is for today. 2 Corinthians 6.2 Behold, now is the acceptable or accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. We can say, today is the day of healing. Today is the day God will set you free from sickness and disease. Believe it and receive it. If salvation, forgiveness of sin is for all, then healing is for all. It is God's will for you now.